It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Wednesday morning edition of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Wade, excited to be back for another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. We have a lot of stuff to cover on today's episode. A couple big announcements uh, that happened yesterday. Want to make sure we touch on that and one announcement that hasn't happened yet. And yes, I am talking about the NFL draft, AJ Peneza and Torn Young both declared for the NFL draft, and we have yet to hear about Tristan Wirfs. So that is going to be covered on today's show. We're going to be talking about how to replace those guys, why those guys left, and so on and so forth, and then talk about what to expect for Tristan Wirfs. Some interesting news um, coming from Matt Miller from Bleacher Report's Stick to Football podcast about what the decision is for Tristan Wirfs. And then we're also going to be talking about the Iowa Hawkeyes football team and where they're ranked in the top 25 AP poll. And then we're going to wrap up covering the Iowa versus Northwestern basketball game and giving our reactions to that. I am pre-recording this prior to the Iowa versus Northwestern game, and I'm going to record that segment after the game. So if I sound happy and for some reason Iowa falls to Northwestern, um, that is why I sound happy now and not pissed off when I get into um, that segment. So um, just keep that in mind as well as we run through the show today. And we do have Matthew Crawford, the general manager of the Iowa United, showing up on tomorrow's episode of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. So if you have any questions about the Iowa United, feel free to send that um, our way. We also you know just going to be talking about how that team is going to be formed this year. So if you are a fan of the team, you do not want to miss our Thursday morning episode of that show. Also, if you've tuned in for the first time today and you do like what you hear today, make sure to like, review, and subscribe. And if you've been a longtime listener, make sure to like, review, and subscribe as well. And tell us what you love about the show. And also make sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, that takes care of some of the housekeeping items, though. Let's jump into the main news of the show today, and that is A.J. Epineza has finally declared for the NFL draft, a decision that we definitely saw coming, but... It was kind of starting to make me wonder why it was taking so long. Um, the draft, de- you know, the draft deadline is the 17th. They have till the 20th to rescind that um, declaration. But it does sound like this is definitely going to happen. He has decided to forego his final year of eligibility and enter the NFL draft. He is ranked within the top 20 of most NFL big boards, at least from the you know draft analyst big boards. And I expect him to go anywhere between 10 and 20, kind of depending on the fit. One of the things interesting about A.J. Epineza is the fact that while he was dominant 
in college football, especially over the last two seasons and especially over the last couple games for the Iowa Hawkeyes, including that huge win over USC um, in the Holiday Bowl. He's kind of a tweener. Um, you know, he, it's not really not really sure where he fits at at this point. At 280 pounds, he you know he's a bit big to play that 4-3 end, um, but you can't really slide him in as a tackle. Uh, I, I think personally he will be fine as a 4-3 defensive end. He also could play 3-4 defensive end, but it does remain to be seen how scouts view him, how NFL teams view him, and that will make a big impact on where he ultimately falls in the NFL draft. But we're going to be covering a lot of that over the course of the next couple weeks and the couple months um, heading into the NFL draft in April. So lots more information to come on AJ Panezza and lots more study of his tape and kind of what he's going to bring to NFL teams and also kind of highlighting what are some potential opportunities for teams to pick up AJ Panezza. But one of the things I'm more interested about today specifically is how does Iowa replace him? And I think first off, let's just be honest, Iowa can't replace an AJ Panezza. A guy like that is irreplaceable. He is a difference maker. He is a you know, a, a, an all-American type of player. He is going to go down as one of the best defensive ends in Iowa football history. Um, you just don't replace a kind of guy like that. And so Phil Parker has a tough, you know, tough challenge on his hands of, per, you know, replacing that production, replacing that tenacity at that defensive end position. And I feel like he's going to be doing a lot more of a rotation style defensive line um, with Chauncey Golson's kind of being that mainstay on one side, but rotating a few different guys in depending on the situation. Um, those guys who I think are really going to be kind of the difference makers and the guys who are looking to replace AJ Panessa though, uh, kind of starts with Joe Evans, moves on to John Wagner, and also looks at Zach Van Valkenburg. Another guy to watch out for is Tahir McCall, a late pickup in recruiting last year. Those are the four guys I think that are really going to be tabbed to potentially replace an AJ Panessa um, coming into the 2020 season. Evans is an interesting case because he's an incredibly small for a defensive end, checking in at six foot two, 240 pounds. But we saw him make some big time plays this year um, in just a limited amount of snaps. He registered four sacks this past season. Um, but I think what he brings is some versatility. Being that small, he you know kind of allows him to drop back, uh, play some interesting defenses uh, for Phil Parker. So with that small frame, he is able to drop back, potentially cover a tight end for a few seconds um, out in the flats, that kind of thing. But it also brings a big-time motor. If you're looking for a more traditional fit in that 4-3 scheme for Iowa, um, John Wagner is the guy who's really been um, kind of that replacement in waiting for A.J. Panezza, a top 400 recruit out of West Des Moines Valley. He is going to be a redshirt sophomore coming up, and he has had just one tackle, or sorry, one sack and three tackles last year in limited playing time. And the other guy, Zach Van Valkenburg, is a guy who um, Iowa brought in as a graduate transfer player, something that Iowa doesn't typically do. They don't typically bring in grad transfers. So clearly they see something pretty good in this guy, um, whether that is a depth full or a um, starting position. Personally, I think, Zach is more of a depth player along that line, and we're going to see Evans and Wagner really battle that out. And then to Jeremy Call, again, a, a guy ha we, we've seen Iowa do a really great job of bringing in relatively low-rated recruits or recruits late in the recruiting cycle, um, a la George Kittle, that kind of thing. Um, he's a guy to watch out for in, in the weight room with Chris Doyle. Um, could put on some weight and be um, in line to maybe get some playing time this season. Um, his athleticism was something that definitely set out on tape. He played tight end and defensive end down in Florida. So um, definitely a player to be 
keeping on your radar, but I really feel like this is going to come down to John Wagner being the starter, Joe Evans being kind of a, a rotational player, and Zach Van Valkenburg also rotating in slightly less with McCall continuing to gain a bit of experience um, on the Iowa defensive line. So some interesting stuff um, and a lot of transition in general with the defensive line. Cedric Lattimore and Brady Reef are both graduating, um, moving on to hopefully the NFL, AJ Pinezagon. The only mainstay is Chauncey Golson. So it'll be interesting to see how this defensive line kind of um, fills back up for this upcoming or for this upcoming college football season. Phil Parker definitely has a lot of work on his hands to get this defensive line um, in as good of a shape as it was um, late in this past season. And it sounds like we actually do know what is going on with Tristan Wirfs. I had to re-record this segment. Tristan Wirfs is going to the NFL. Um, Obviously, a a decision we kind of expected. Was hoping it would not be that way. Would love to see him back at Iowa. But you cannot turn down guaranteed millions of dollars. And he has ultimately decided not to. And he is going to be going to the NFL this season. A projected top 10 pick. A huge get as far as a tackle in the NFL. Um, So we'll be covering that on later episodes of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast as well. And we'll be covering a little bit um, on an upcoming episode, probably Friday morning, about how does Iowa replace him and where do they go from here at the tackle position. Just having to fit this in, though, as the news happened after we recorded the episode of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. So coming up on the next segment of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast, we're going to be talking about... A bit more surprising decision with Torn Young declaring for the NFL draft and what that means for the Iowa Hawkeyes and for the young running back from Wisconsin. That'll be coming up in just a few short seconds. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, we are back on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. And in the same day that A.J. Panezza made the declaration for the NFL draft, Torn Young made the declaration for the NFL draft. And it definitely came as a surprise. I don't think anyone expected, um, you know, Iowa's backup running back to make a decision to go to the NFL. If anything, I think people expected him to, uh, you know, transfer. And I think that's what people actually initially thought when he made um, the announcement that he was leaving Iowa, people probably thought that he was going to be transferring to a different program to possibly get a, a bit more playing time. 
Um, but he instead, he is going into the NFL draft. He leaves having had 262 carries for 1,262 yards at a 4.8-yard clip and eight touchdowns. And let's be honest, um, I think this is a decision that's probably smart for Torn Young. He has the opportunity to go pro. If he does latch on, fantastic. If he doesn't, you know, he's just getting a jump start on the rest of his life. Um, you know, whether that is in football, the football realm, or just outside of football. Um, today's running backs, you know, the shelf life is so short. You really need to get a head start. Having the limited amount of carries is going to be a big deal. Um, means he doesn't have the wear and tear, but he's really going to need to run well at the pro day. Um, you know, I think a guy like Torn Young has become more valuable watching Derrick Henry play this past season and be that bulldozer running back. Torn Young's running style is that run over guys, not run around guys. He's going to, you know, put his head down and knock you down. Uh, so I think watching Derrick Henry's success is, you know, could be a benefit to him. He's not on Derrick Henry's level by any means, but that may, might get him a shot as a UDFA type of player, a guy who's going to come into camp uh, a la James Butler and maybe, you know, catch on to the practice squad for a year or two. I don't foresee him sticking to a team though. It just doesn't, you know, it doesn't seem like it's in the cards for him. Uh, he wasn't able to really carve out a huge role in the Iowa offense despite a lack of reduction from the running back position. You know, when he did come into the game, though, he did do a pretty good job of, of moving the sticks and being that, that guy to wear down defenses. And I think he, you know, that could get him a spot on the practice squad, but just I don't expect to see him uh, playing on the 53-man roster anytime soon. Nevertheless, though, I really wish him the best. Um, he's clearly going to train hard for this. And again, if he can run well at the pro day, run a 4-5 or even a sub 4-5, that's going to get teams looking at him and, you know, again, give him that look and, and give him some UDFA money to come in and, and play during training camp. Um, again, one of the things I think with him that's kind of interesting, he's definitely a one-cut runner kind of guy. The guy who's going to you know go north to south, not east to west. He's not going to do the Tyler Goodson type of stuff. He's going to do uh, kind of the Mike Shanahan offense type of stuff where you get that ball, you're heading downhill, you're putting your head down, and you're knocking some guys over. Another guy, too, that I think we're um, kind of just waiting on to see is Ivory Kelly Martin. I wouldn't be surprised if he were to also leave the program as well. Um, more of a transfer situation than a um, going out you know, for the NFL draft, but um, that remains to be seen, and we'll be covering that um, on the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. And any other decisions to leave the Iowa Hawkeye football program will also be kind of touched on here and how that impacts the team. Um, the big thing here is Tyler Goodson is the starter going forward. He, there's not a chance that he, well, I guess there's always a chance, but he is definitely going to be the starter going into 2020. And they have some really good recruits coming in. Uh, Gavin Williams from Dowling Catholic, Shadrick Bird, a guy who um, was doing pretty well in camp last year, ended up redshirting. I think he's a guy who could steal some carries. Um, Makai Sargent also looked like he could be back. Um, again, I wouldn't be surprised if some of these guys decide to leave, but at this point, Makai Sargent is going to be back with Iowa Hawkeye full program. So another guy to be on the lookout for as well as, you know, considering the fact that he was the starter um, for the majority of the last two seasons. He's going to be a guy that is also going to be taking touches from other guys as well. One of the other things I want to cover before we take a quick break and jump into our Iowa versus Northwestern um, recap, Iowa checked in at 15th on the AP poll. Uh, I, I definitely thought they could be a little bit higher, but the AP poll has been low on Iowa throughout the season. And they fell below Minnesota, who jumped from 16 to 11 with a win over Auburn. Again, seeing that SEC bias and the fact that Minnesota beat an SEC team stands out more than Iowa beating a USC team. Um, Auburn did drop five spots from 9 to 14, still going above Iowa despite four losses. And then, you know, Michigan dropped from 17th to 18th. 
So giving Iowa that opportunity to go in there um, after starting at 19th prior to the bowl season. And Utah also fell from 12th to 16th. So just some interesting movement along the AP poll. Um, hopefully we're going to be getting the college ball playoff poll rankings coming out. That is the, uh, to me, the most official rankings that we could have. Um, a little bit less bias, although there's still bias that exists there. Like I said on yesterday's show, I expect Iowa to be checking in at um, 14th with the possibility of 13th in the college ball playoff polls. So um, we have an opportunity to see that hopefully pretty soon. But again, coming up on the final segment of today's show on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, we're going to be breaking down the Iowa versus Northwestern game. So stay tuned after a few messages from our sponsors. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on, so find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, welcome back to segment three of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. And as promised, we're going to be covering the Iowa versus Northwestern basketball game. A big win for Iowa, getting a win on the road. I don't think that can be sold enough, right? I mean, we've seen a lot of teams lose on the road in the Big Ten to a Nebraska or to a Northwestern and whatnot. And so getting a win on the road in the Big Ten is huge regardless of the opponent. A good opportunity for Iowa to get a win they absolutely must need simply because getting wins are going to be tough to come by um, in their very difficult Big Ten schedule. They only have one game remaining on their schedule that is going to be considered a easy game, and that is Nebraska later in the season when Nebraska comes to Carver-Hawkeye Arena. So um, first and foremost, a big opportunity for Iowa to secure a win here. Now they have number 19 Michigan, I believe number 19 Michigan, coming up on Friday evening in Carver-Hawkeye Arena. So um, would be another big opportunity to get a win there. And I think the big news for last night is simply the fact that C.J. Frederick came back, looked pretty good after he shook off the rust, and put on a pretty good performance. Um, obviously, the stress reaction seemed to have healed up, didn't have any issues coming from that as we saw, or at least as we know of right now. Um, put together a nice performance, though. Went 4 of 10 for 11 points, and again, struggled a little bit early, but... Uh, got it going later on. Also dished out five assists and had two rebounds and two steals. Also on the night, um, kind of an interesting night in general. I really thought last night we were going to see Luca Garza put in a big performance and we were going to see um, Makari Evelyn, or excuse me, Joe Toussaint 
put in a big performance as well simply because Northwestern's defense was not a um, turnover-prone defense. I thought they were going to be able to collapse on Luka Garza and allow to Saints some you know, opportunities to score the ball. Uh, unfortunately, neither really happened. I mean, Garza put together a nice scoring performance but was really limited by foul trouble um, in, 24, in only 24 minutes of play, which is actually less than Evelyn. Um, he had 10 of 14, went 10 of 14 um, 8 of 11 from 2 and 2 of 3 from downtown for 27 points. Only had 3 rebounds, which I believe is the lowest total he's had this season. Joe Toussaint, um, 0 of 5, no points, 1 assist. Um, only played 16 minutes and really kind of struggled early. Uh, Fran put Bakari Evelyn in, and, and Evelyn played a really good game. And this is why you bring in a graduate transfer like him. He doesn't necessarily need to start every game, but you can expect decent minutes out of him when people are struggling. He's going to be able to step up and play um, you know, consistently when needed to. Um, in 27 minutes of play, went 3 of 7 for 8 points, but also dished out 7 assists and 5 rebounds. So a really outstanding performance um, by the grad transfer from Valparaiso. What, one thing I think is kind of um, – I wasn't expecting from this game, though, is Joe Wieskamp struggling again to shoot the ball. 2 of 8 from the field, only 11 points. Again, got involved in other aspects of the game. Six rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block. But uh, something's up there. And I, I think when you're an Iowa team and you want to go to the NCAA tournament, you absolutely need Joe Wieskamp to be a consistent scorer. You need Luka Garza to be a consistent scorer. And we've seen that from Garza, but Wieskamp has been sort of up and down. Um, but given the trend of his play, uh, the down was today. Hopefully the up is against Michigan. And it's just something that you, you kind of wonder as, as far as um, what to expect from him going forward. There just isn't that consistency. Where there is some consistency that I've been really impressed with all season, um, and I think if anyone is still on that Connor McCaffrey train suck or Connor McCaffrey sucks train, you need to get off it because uh, he has been playing outstanding and probably one of the surprise guys from this season. Uh, developing a shooting stroke. not I wouldn't say he's the best shooter on the team, but um, getting better at it. He's making defenses actually um, play up on him as opposed to last year where he would get the ball and they would sag off so much that you really couldn't do much with Connor McCaffrey on the floor. Um, this year is definitely different. He put in two of three three-pointers for eight points and got seven rebounds and three assists. One of the things that I wasn't expecting again, I mean, just this game was just a really weird game kind of all around. Um, I wasn't expecting Northwestern to come out and be such a good offensive rebounding team. They Coming into this game, they're one of the worst offensive rebounding teams in the nation and specifically in the Big Ten. But against Iowa, uh, things were just falling their way. They had 13 offensive rebounds compared to Iowa's five. They out-rebounded Iowa 36-32. Um, thankfully, they didn't shoot very well across the board, 36% from the field and 29% from three points. Um, so good, good for Iowa to figure out a way to win on the road without some of their players playing well, getting into foul trouble. Um, Luca Garza being in foul trouble, Joey's camp, not being able to play, you know, not really shooting the ball very well. And Joe Toussaint not, not playing very well in general. So, um, good for Iowa to put that, you know, put that performance in and still be able to manage to get a win, um, on the road against a Northwestern basketball squad. And one final thing to touch on before we close out this segment and ultimately close out the show of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast for this Wednesday morning is looking at the advanced metrics. A couple things jumped out to me. Um, the offensive rating of Bakari Evelyn was 142, which is tops in the game, um, followed by Connor McCaffrey at 141. 
from a defensive perspective, uh, Joe Toussaint was the top one with 112 defensive rating, but he had the lowest offensive rating by far out of anyone in the entire game, um, posting 16. Um, so not exactly great for the freshman, but I think it is, you know, people. some people are getting a little bit frustrated by um, the play of Joe, and I think, honestly, you need to calm down a little bit. Um, this is to be expected. He's a freshman point guard. That's a lot of pressure being put on a true freshman, a guy who has a ton of potential, but again, plays a little bit reckless at times, plays a little bit out of control, but he brings a lot to the table and brings a lot of energy. I think in a perfect world, you'd be able to bring him off the bench, right? In a perfect world, you'd have Connor McCaffrey at the one, you'd have Frederick at the two, uh, Wieskamp at the three, Jack Nudge at the four, and you'd have guards at the five, and you'd be bringing Joe off the bench and bringing the energy out the bench defensively against that second unit, but because of injuries, because of you know stuff like that, he is becoming a starter. He is a starter now, and you're going to have to live and, and die with his ability to impact a game. Um, sometimes he's going to have it. Sometimes he's not, and thankfully, Iowa has an option to put in Bakari Evelyn, who I think is a very good contributor on that second unit, um, but if needed, he can come in and, and play starter type of minutes like he did last night. And then Cordell Pemsel, um, just I would say had probably the – most average to below average game of the entire squad, um, having the second lowest offensive rating and the lowest defensive rating of the team. Just a, a guy who he brings some energy off the bench, but you just start to wonder. I mean, after these injuries, after some of the the off field or the um, off court things, he just hasn't been the same type of player. Um, and you wonder if he would be seeing really any minutes if Iowa had a deeper bench and had most of their guys um, for this year. But uh, nevertheless, he is going to be a key contributor down the stretch. Hopefully his play can can pick up as we get even more into the Big Ten slate of games because they're going to really need a guy like Pemsel to step up, um, especially when you know Garza gets in foul trouble or Ryan Creener gets into foul trouble. So uh, something to keep on the lookout um, as Iowa gets into more of the Big Ten slate of games, starting with Michigan on Friday. All right, and that will do it for our show today. Again, a big shout-out to you know everyone for tuning into the show. I absolutely appreciate the love and support. And please make sure to check out tomorrow's episode with Matthew Crawford, the general manager of the Iowa United. You're not going to be disappointed. Uh, fantastic interview, as always, talking about the development of this team in year two and what they're looking to do in year two of the TBT tournament for the Iowa United. So uh, tune into that. Again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to like, review, and subscribe wherever you downloaded this podcast app and also make sure to go follow us on facebook twitter and instagram so you can make sure to keep up on all the latest news of the lockdown hawkeye podcast again thank you for tuning in have a fantastic day hawkeye nation and go hawks Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.